Before we start this podcast, I want to definitely remind you of a sponsor for Fresh of the Word, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams, along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest. In a world of wrestling where there's hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads, don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. So if you'd like to discuss a possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or even Zubaz, then drop them a line at 20by20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20apparel.com. And also check out their enamel pin line. It's super cool. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yell about it though. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grindin' shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kids, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh at the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier, and this is episode 179. And the guest for this episode is a return guest, Josh Smith, guitarist of the Australian metalcore band Northlane, who recently released their new album, Alien, via UNFD Central. The interview was recorded recently at St. Andrew's Hall in Detroit during the North American leg of their Alien World Tour with ERA, Currents, and Crystal Lake. It was an awesome show, one of the best shows that I've seen all year. Crystal Lake was amazing. North Lane, oh my god, they, wow. I was, I'm still, I still, when I think about it, still am at a high from that show. And that was like maybe a month or so ago. But anyways, you know, during our interview, uh, we talk. We get a glimpse into the process and inspirations behind the writing and recording of Alien, along with how Northlane continues to evolve as a band. We also get into the possible reasons why there's so many awesome metal bands coming from Australia these days, and that really stems with them having to make the most out of the little opportunities that they have in Australia. So they basically have to like you know, just kill it to you know, make sure they get noticed, you know, because there's just, you know, there's so many bands, but like little opportunities for them. So we talk about all that. So um, without further ado, let's get on to the interview with Josh Smith, guitarist of the Australian metalcore band, Northlane. 
here with Josh from North Lane. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Uh, I'm excited to finally see you guys live. Yeah. Like, um, I became a fan of yours with the Mesmer album, which was one of my favorite albums of that year. Yeah. And since then, I've been wanting to see you guys live, and you're finally here. Um, and it looks like you've already had like a really fun, uh, you know, tour thus far. How's it been? The tour has totally blown my mind and expectations i had no idea that we would come back and be able to do what we've done so far um like the most of the shows are selling out this never happened for us before in in america um like we've done a lot of stuff in canada before that's been pretty successful but we've never had a tour sell like this before in the u.s so it's like it's really reassuring, and and you know I I think we picked the right moment to come back and it's an awesome lineup too. Yeah, that as well. Right. Um, I feel like everybody who uh, tours with Crystal Lake just falls in love with that band. They're like, dude, these guys are fucking awesome. Yeah, they're great. We <laughs> did Japan with them just before we came here. How was that? It was wild. Wild. Oh Very shoot. Sick. Yeah. Nice. Okay, this new album, like, I I feel like, I feel like what's great with uh, Northlane is like every album does have its own uniqueness to it you know mm. what was what were you guys sort of uh, going into you know your mind state going into the new album because like mesmer you know they had a certain sound but i feel like this one goes a little bit more heavier yeah well i mean um there's like two two kind of key factors there the first one is that um we self-produced the record so we have two guys in Australia that we really trusted uh, one of them for all the instrumentals and one of them for the vocals to kind of realize what we wanted everything to sound like Um, but we made the creative decisions which was really important to us and that meant that the sound that we came to the table with was translated just how we wanted it to be on the record because what usually happens is you go to a producer and then they kind of like put their stamp on your release a bit and sometimes that's really helpful but for us especially because of how like strange this record is um we we kind of felt that if we were to bring someone else in it was unlikely that they would fully understand what the vision we had was they would probably kind of like strip all those little like nuances of the record that maybe sound different than other you know bands of the of your genre that i that i that i noticed that were like very unique yeah that could have been one thing um i i mean it's it's hard to know right without it happening you know <laughs> um but the other thing was we were just not like really in the best place when we started writing it so the music came out really dark and um the only kind of lyrics we could pair that with were the darkest shit that we had to dig up and and you know that was Marcus's story so um I, I think it's like a perfect storm of those two factors that made it sound the way it sounds did kind of like getting all that you know darkness out was it you know therapeutic for the band or for Marcus um he definitely found it therapeutic for him to talk about those stories um 
for the rest of us, like, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but, but like the real payoff happens uh, when we're on tour and we see like these songs connecting with a live audience. That's something that like, you know, you go through all this turmoil and and like um, all, all the difficulty in putting the release together and even thinking about you know where we were at as a band like it I, I think like a few changes happened we had Brendan come in during the recording cycle and that that really saved us I don't even know if we would have made it to here if he hadn't have joined and you kind of like breathe a new life into the band. I'm, I'm yeah, talk more about that, like, because this is um this is the second album that Marcus is the lead on, and this is third, third. Oh, okay, third. Yeah. yeah, this is the third that uh, Marcus is the lead on, and then you have another uh, new member. Like, those sort of changes. How do they feel now? You know. Well, Brendan, like, he was a very old friend of ours. Yeah. So, for him, all it really felt like was just a huge boost and. You know, he's a phenomenal player, but also vocalist as well. So, and and producer and songwriter. So, all of a sudden, we had this other tool to use, and you know, this person backing up Marcus on the vocals live um, is an absolute monster of a player and just a great person to be around. So, um, really, it was just like I don't know the little push forward that we needed. I think. Yeah, it was a little just a little element to the band that maybe you didn't know you needed it before, but it kind of like when it came, you're like, oh, this is maybe what we needed. Yeah, yeah, that's one way to look at it for sure. What um, how you know how are these new uh, songs you know uh, going over with the crowd on this tour? You know, the tours that you've done. You know, what's your reaction to seeing people uh, react to the new songs? Um, really, really well. So. I think, like, there's a few deeper cuts on the record that people aren't super familiar with yet. Yeah. Um, but the lead singles have been huge, and that was really surprising for me. Um, it, it It's always a bit nerve-wracking, like, when you put a new record out and you go play that material for people, you never really know how they're going to take it. But, you know, from the first... The first uh, show that we did um, on this new record, which was a you know a little secret one in Australia, we could tell straight away that people understood what this record was about, and it, it, it meant something to them. What's the what's the majority of the uh, the material that you're playing on these tours? Is it newer stuff, or is there any older stuff? Yeah, about half of it's the new record, and then the rest of it is just a mix of our catalog, like. Especially for this tour, we understood that we had to service our fans that haven't been able to see us for so long because we haven't been here in like four years or something. Right. So we picked like a bunch of songs from our catalogue that they would know and then the rest is just all new album. What was sort of like the recording process like for you guys this time around? Was, you know, because there was a lot of darker material, you know, did, did, was it was it an easy thing? Was it a hard thing? Did this, you know, how how was it like, you know, going through making this record? The writing was very difficult, um, but 
At the same time, it also felt like everything was falling into place in the right way. Yeah. We we decided when we started writing this record that we were going to take a bold risk with it and we weren't really going to worry about what um, people were expecting to hear. Yeah. So by going into it with that approach, there weren't any real barriers to what you know what we could do right that we had in our minds it's it's something that's kind of difficult to explain but essentially we didn't really give a shit we yeah, you, you had that uh that attitude last time i talked to you you're like eh, if people don't like this record they can go back and listen to the old stuff yeah <laughs> well this time it was my well they don't like this record and you know we don't really care like because the the topics are really important and but you know like the the writing process was it was a lot longer than any of our other records. We spent a very long time writing it. And we actually recorded the album in two halves. So we did half of it um, sort of halfway through last year in May. Right. And we sat on those songs for about six months and then did the other half. Um, made a few changes to them, of course. And, yeah, that's how it happened. When you're when you're dealing with like songwriting about things that are kind of heavy, you know, how do you sort of like you know include some self care in that so you're not like going down a you know a downward spiral even you know with a lot of this heavy well these heavy topics. The I think the point of it isn't really that uh, this time around. It's not like. Um, we had to be very careful about the way we we wrote these songs because the the topic of it's Marcus's story, right? All we did was tell that story, and and there was, um, you know, in some songs we were able to add some sort of a silver lining to whatever that particular story was about, but in other songs there wasn't one. Maybe the silver lining is that he's still here. Yeah. You know, despite everything that he's had to go through. So, like, I I don't know. Like, that wasn't really a focal point for us. It, you know, in the past maybe, yeah. But on, on Alien, it just wasn't even a thought that we had. Because sometimes there isn't good in the right. bad, you know. Was there like a conversation made before the writing of this album that you guys were gonna, you know, tackle these stories for Marcus? Did he just kind of flat, you know, pull, you know, to be like, this is the stuff that I want to talk about? Was there any sort of conversation like that? The way it went down was um, we had been sent the way Northlane writes is John will write a piece of music, and usually what happens is Marcus and I sit down and we write a vocal for it and then we send it back to John and likely we change things on both ends there to make it all fit nicely together yeah. and then we refine it a million times before <laughs> it ends up as the song um, and what pushed us in this direction was that we been sent the first pieces of music and they were incredibly dark and heavy and sat down with Marcus at his house and we started writing about the kind of shit that we'd written about before and laid it down on the track 
and we didn't even make it to the point of sending it to John. We just went, this isn't right. Like, Just wasn't clicking, you know? Well, yeah, it was like, these lyrics don't do this music justice <laughs> right. and the way that you're singing this doesn't do the music justice because it's so darker and heavier and we need to match that. Yeah. And there's only one thing that we can really talk about. Do you want to go there? And he was like, yeah, let's try it. So what we would do is, um, this is kind of generalizing, not every song went down this way, yeah. but quite often we sit down and listen to a song and I'd be like, how does this make you feel? What emotions does this evoke in you? And would relate that to a past experience he would tell me about that experience. I would write down pages and pages and pages of notes. Um, and then usually at that point I would go home and I'd come back the next day and we would look at what he'd written down and then kind of pull ideas from that. Sometimes I would do that at home and bring him something. Yeah. Um, and we'd start off with like what the crux of the song was and that would be the chorus. Yeah. And then we would write outside from from there so all of the songs like in the chorus you really understand what the point of the song is yeah um and then all of the other verses and whatnot are there to kind of bolster and back up and tell the story um so that's yeah that's kind of how we went about doing it during the sort of collaborative effort within the band to make these songs you know how important is sort of honesty and communication between the members well, it's it's extremely important. It's like the Detroit Rolling Pub is coming by. They partying. <laughs> I wish I was on that. <laughs> we should have done the the podcast on one of them. <laughs> oh man, what was the question? I just got so distracted. What? How important is communication? Well, yeah, it's, honestly, it's everything. communication yeah. like within the band to make sure that your the the right music is going with the right lyrics and stuff like that. Well, we're incredibly brutal to each other about that sort of stuff. And, like, John, straight away, if I send him something that he doesn't feel right about, he will tell me straight away. So there's there's no love lost there. How do you, like, just not piss each other off, though, to a point where it would, you know, break the band? Well, you, you kind of have a thick skin and you kind of um, understand that the reason you're giving this feedback is to better the song and it's not really about someone's ego or what they think or what they prefer. It's like, well, you know, if they don't like this idea, there's no, nothing wrong with trying something else. Right. You know? And even if you try something else and it doesn't turn out as good or you don't like it, that's completely fine. You know, you yeah. might come up with a third idea that'll be even better. So, Or something that's good for the future. Or yeah, the idea is to just not take shit personally and, you know, just just um, understand that you're trying to create the best piece of art possible. Is there anything that you, um, is there any ideas that you just kind of keep around for maybe the future or go back to some ideas that you've had in the past? Um, I know John does. If something doesn't f- quite fit right on the release, he he usually stashes it, and maybe it'll be relevant later. We don't know, but 
not so much with vocals. I mean, maybe with Marcus about things that he wants to talk about, but not so much. Yeah. <laughs> How you know? How's the reception these days for North Lane back in your home in uh, Australia? Really good. So we we um this U.S. tour that we're doing is part of like a bigger world tour that goes until the end of the year. Yeah. And um, the next territory after North America is Australia. And like this tour, that that one's almost sold out as well. So we've only got two shows left that haven't sold out on that tour. So I've, I'm going to say pretty good. The, the record went number three. Um, so, yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll win our third aria. I don't know. Hey, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what? Did, did you guys have any sort of, like, influence out in Australia to, you know, regards to what kind of band you wanted to be? Because there's, there's, a, there's a few bands, there's a lot of bands from Australia that I really love that are kind of on the whole metalcore, uh, metalcore deathcore sort of sound. You know, you know, what is it, you know, about things in Australia that I feel like recently, in recent memory, like, there's been some really cool bands? Um... I think that's been the case for a long time and the reason for it is we don't really get afforded um, we don't really get afforded the same opportunities that a band from maybe the UK or America would get. Yeah. So you have to work really hard to get somewhere and there's not that many people in Australia compared to here. So to grab the attention of grab the attention of who's there you really have to try and be bold and do something exceptional and work really hard at it yeah to get a foothold and the other thing you'll find is that because the chips are really stacked against you if you're an australian band um you you don't really expect to have any success from it so all of the people that are making music from Australian bands are doing it for the right reasons, not because they want to be famous. Yeah, we're just like, screw it. We're going to do what we want. You know, we're going to be bold about it. Yeah. And, yo, if it works, cool. Yeah. I don't think anyone ever has any expectations of it working, though. And that's probably the beauty in, in, in why they take risks the way, the way that we do. Yeah, there's some, there's some phenomenal bands coming from Australia. Love it. And what sort of, like... What's sort of like the culture there from where you're from, you know, just society and whatnot from your perspective? That's a pretty broad question. Well, <laughs> I mean, just, you know, what, just from the, I guess, from an artistic standpoint, I guess, entertainment, arts, and whatever, you know, you already talked about how it's just kind of, you don't have, you get afforded the same uh, opportunities that maybe from people from here or the UK get. So what's, you know, what's the general, like, sort of, I guess culture, I guess, when it comes well, to the arts. Well, I mean, domestically and in the city that I live in, um, Melbourne is very supportive of the arts. It's actually um, the live music capital of the world. It has more concerts in a year than New York City or London. Oh, damn. Yeah. I guess there's something going on there all more the time. live music venues. like Just all the time. The street I live in, there's like five or six different, different venues and... Um, there's always something going on. So, um, 
Melbournians are like really passionate about it. It doesn't extend everywhere around the country, but um, people really care about music in Australia. Like even to see attendance numbers that artists get are, are pretty exceptional, especially when you think about how many people live there. Yeah. <coughs> um, so I, I think we really love our art and our music. Um, when I talk about the opportunities being afforded, it's just more in, in a global sense. Like if they want to yeah. be a career musician, that's when it becomes a lot more difficult. Yeah. Whether it's like, you know, t recent bands or just bands from the past, are there any bands from, from Melbourne that you're like, people should know about that maybe they don't know about globally? From Melbourne? Mm. <laughs> wow. There's actually a band that I manage <laughs> called Wind Waker that are from Melbourne that are Yes, I've heard well. them. Yeah, they're dope. Yeah. Um, other ones, maybe not necessarily from Melbourne. I think the next Australian band that's going to get a lot of uh, global attention will probably be Justice for the Damned. Okay. Um, they're really starting to gain a lot of traction in Australia and... People seem very excited about them. I'll check them out. I haven't heard them yet. There's another Melbourne band that's quite popular called Alpha Wolf that you may have heard of. Okay. Um, I reckon they'll be, you know, in a similar position too. Um, outside of those two, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I can't think of the top of my head. <laughs> that's a few cool, cool ones. You know, what do you hope your uh, fans get out of this album aliens like with you know with all these stories from marcus's life you know what, what do you hope y your listeners get out of this album um i just hope they get like a fulfilling experience from listening to it and they understand you know because everyone interprets it differently some people don't pay attention to lyrics at all some people care about how heavy the song is and yeah how it sounds so um, i don't know if they it's not heavy enough man yeah whatever man they used to be heavy yeah exactly all the slow shit so if they can listen to it and enjoy it for their own reasons then i think that's cool you know i always like to uh, ask this question during interviews is like what's sort of like a nugget of knowledge from your life and career that anybody listening to this it doesn't matter what sort of avenue of artistry that they're in like they could project into their own life well i think if you want to be successful at something doesn't matter what it is there's always going to be somebody else like willing to take your place so you need to work harder than everyone else otherwise you're never going to win <laughs> nice 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 what's um you know, what do you feel like the future is for your band? You know, is that something you even think about? You know, what what do you hope, like, you know, this band goes to? Well, I, I mean, I have a plan for the next two years and then a plan for the next five years. Um, I could tell you that we'll definitely be back here sooner rather than later. Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i the kind of person that doesn't like to talk about my vision until it's been realized. Yeah. Because um, if, you know, I told you two years ago that we were going to do a world tour and we'd be selling shows out, 
like <laughs> I'm not going to make that statement until it happens. Right, right, know? right. Um, but I have an idea of where where we want to take things, and I think we're on, we're definitely on our way to achieving those goals. Yeah, you mentioned about you know doing management too. What do you do outside of the band? Um, you know, when you're not doing band stuff, you know, what's some other things that you do? Well, I, I manage Northlane and co-manage two other artists. Okay. Of a retail business as well. Um, I love to cook. That's about <laughs> it, really. <laughs> I don't have time for much else. Right. What's the business you... Uh, oh, we sell, like, guitar pedals and shit like that. Okay. All right. Is it doing well? Yeah, it's doing all right. All right, you know. So you got your hands in a few fires. I do. What's what's the two bands that you uh, manage? Like two oh, other bands? One of them's called Make Them Suffer, and the other one's called Wind Waker. Oh, I love Make Them Suffer. Yeah. Yeah, I saw them here um, actually in Pontiac a couple couple years ago. Oh, no way. Yeah, they they were they were dope live. Yeah, they're really good. The guitar player is my old housemate, actually. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, I... Uh, I interviewed, uh, what's the lead singer's name? I'm forgetting his Sean. name. Sean. Sean, yeah. I interviewed Sean uh, a while back. Probably not too long around the time I interviewed you last. Oh, really? Yeah. I love Make Them Suffer. Yeah, that was one of the bands I was like kind of talking about that like are just amazing from, yeah. from Australia. They just did a new record, too. Yes, um, yes. I heard like the first single and stuff, whatever they dropped somewhat recently. Yeah. And I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, when's it? When's their next album coming out? Uh, I can't say. Okay. <laughs> Sometime next year. Okay, next year. Okay, that's yeah. good. All right. I was just wondering if it was coming out coming out anytime soon. No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> that's good. All right, all right. It's been great talking with you, man. Uh, catching up with you this time around. The new album, Aliens, is so good, and uh, you're on this U.S. tour. Um. Where can people go online to get more information about, you know, North Lane, anything else that you want to plug? Um, well, they could just head to our website. It's got everything that we have going on there. It's northlaneband.com. Cool. All right, man. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, thank you. Cool. Appreciate it. So that was my interview with Josh Smith, the guitarist from the metalcore band North Lane. All the links about a bunch of the things that we talked about during the episode and to where you can follow both Josh and North Lane online will be in the show notes for this episode at freshofthepodcast.com. And before we get out of here, I definitely want to remind you how you can support the podcast. Um, I am on Patreon now at patreon.com slash freshoftheword. For as little as a dollar per month, you can help out Fresh of the Word with uh, you know everything that I'm doing. Every dollar counts. And for the $3 a month tier, you'll have access to the Patreon-only podcast episodes where I dig deep into my audio archives for interviews that I've done over the past decade or so for publications outside of Fresh of the Word, mostly print stuff, some web stuff. Some of the interviews I never use, so these are super exclusive. And then some I only used a little bit of for the articles that I was writing. There's a lot of good stuff that I have in my archives. So go to patreon.com slash fresh is the word and sign up for the $3 a month tier to have access for those. I have a lot of great uh, episodes already up, so you'll have access to those also. Once again, that's patreon.com slash fresh is the word. And if you'd like to follow me online... You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at kfreshistheword. And you can follow Fresh is the Word on Twitter at Fresh is the Word. And that's I-Z in the is. 
and on Instagram at Fresh is the Word Podcast. Also, come join the Facebook group for Fresh is the Word at facebook.com slash groups slash Fresh is the Word. And there'll be a lot of great content in there also outside of the Fresh of the Podcast website. And if you have any questions for me, you want to send me anything, want to pitch me anything, you can email me at djkfresh at gmail.com. All right, that's another show in the books. And like always, live life with intensity with a capital 10. Goodbye and good night. Fresh is the word.